preaching this Sunday to go. But praise God, he's in control. Amen. Amen. Always in control. One last announcement. Sunday school. The Lighthouse Giants will be on next week. So uh, parents, you will be able to usher your children out the church <laughs> next Sunday. Because um, Sunday school's back on. Amen? Amen. So it's always good to be in the house of the Lord, is it not? Yes. And I'm so blessed that we have people that can step up like John and Tyrone. When things don't go the way you think they're going to go. So please give them a hand clap because they've done really well this Sunday morning. Okay, let's pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, I do thank you that we are all children of God. That we can come before you, come into your very presence. Like a little child just wanting to wander in and see what their parents are doing. And Lord, you're doing wonderful things, not just in this church, but around the world. And we're lifting up prayers for those things happening now. We're praying for people that we don't even know. But by the grace of God, because we're children of God and we know who we are, we know that we can come before you and ask, petition, request. And we know that the Lord hears our cry. So Lord, as I prepare this message and prepare to give it to your people, Lord, help my heart, help their hearts to receive what you want them to hear today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 So everyone's wondering, you want me to move? You all right? That okay? No? You want me to move the other way? (laughs) Yeah? Good? Feel good? As I said, this Sunday's been really, I mean, it's God. Right, so, why have I got a picture of Superman? Everyone's wondering, why have I got a picture of Superman? So, are we all familiar with the comic book here of Superman? Yeah? We all know who he is. If you do, you also know he struggled trying to find his identity. As he was from another planet, trying to come to terms with his human identity, and also his superhuman identity. And there may be times in our lives when we struggle with our own identity. How many here have checked out what their name means? Okay, a few of you. I checked mine out, and before you can think it, the man at the back, the name Colin does not mean naughty or troublemaker. It just means young cub or people of victory. Amen. Many parents take some time when choosing a name for their child, checking out the meanings of their names. And the Bible notes this often, what a person's name is and what it means. So I do believe there is some significance to who we are identified as. Our human names are important, but what we become known as in Christ supersedes or overrides any title or name we had before we gave our heart over to him. Paul and many other apostles go to great lengths to show us this through their teachings. Today's message is called Who You Are in Jesus and the key verse is John 1 verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him he gave the right to become Sorry, let's turn that on. But to all who believed him and accepted him he gave the right to become children of God. So let's start with the basics. What is an identity? Well, we sometimes need to produce a driving license or a passport to prove who we are or what our age is. True? Yes. And the second bit is contentious for some people. 
This is not foolproof. As we know, people can produce fake IDs. But there are multiple types of identity, according to Wikipedia. We've got our cultural and professional identities. We sort of touched on this at our last men's breakfast. We've got our ethnic and national and religious identities. And we've also got gender and disability identities. Colin's definition of identity is, your identity is who you are, and the identity of a person or place is the characteristics they have that distinguish them from others. We reflect who created us and what influences us. We reflect qualities of our parents, be it physical looks, speech, behaviours, and their cultures. However, we are also created in the living image of Almighty God. So once we find our true identity in him, we start to reflect his qualities like compassion, love, grace, mercy and forgiveness. And that's just for starters. The second point for today, how do you find your identity in Christ? Psalm 138 verse 8. The Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. We are the works of God's hands. We are called to a great calling which in turn imposes great responsibilities to us. We are a representative of God's kingdom and must act appropriately as such. 2 Corinthians 5.20 So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. As God's children, we are ambassadors for his kingdom. His disciples, tasked with encouraging and supporting others to become disciples. We are called to live in this world but not become like it. We are servants of the King of Kings, the Most High God. We are his holy vessels, a precious temple of the Holy Spirit, set apart for his goodwill. We are to shine as his light for him to be seen in this ever-darkening world. We need to honour the titles we are given by God. So for myself, I have the title of son. I am a son of God, and I'm also a son of Rosalind and Colin Gaskin. I'm also a husband, a father, a grandfather, and an uncle for many children. But these titles are only as good as the person who honours them. You can be a biological father, but not honour the title of father. So to please God, we should honour these titles, the positions, and the privileges He empowers us and allows us to walk into. We all start off as disciples, but then we should move on, as we saw with the first disciples, becoming apostles, teachers, evangelists, learning, playing their part, doing what God called them to do for the kingdom. In our walk with God, we will inherit many titles, such as believer, brother, sister, child of God, etc. But whatever title we are known by or choose to go by, They all lead to and identify us having a relationship with our glorious God. Start to learn and think about these titles and what they represent to both you and to God. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looked at the heart. Before I go on, I think it's Jesus that says it in one of the parables. And he says, don't honour people that look more respectable than what you expect. You know? 
we treat the bigger just as well as we treat the millionaire. Mm. We're not to treat anyone any different by their appearance. Mm. And this world, for me, is trying to make everyone think that you have to look a certain way now. If you're not dressed a certain way, your hair's not done a certain way, you're not wearing a certain shoes. I know peer pressure was bad when I was a kid, and you know, turning up at school with Adidas was shunned upon. Adidas. Now look where it is. No footballer can't go anywhere without Adidas being emblazed on their shirt. It's madness. But just remember, God doesn't look at your outward appearance. You are beautiful in God's eyes always. However, God's gaze is directed towards our heart, not our outward features. He made them to He made them too. But he sees our true beauty in our hearts, the very essence of our being. I don't know about you, church, but when I see a young baby and they're so joyful, the world hasn't tainted them yet. And you see their smile and it melts, just melts me. Kids smiling, giggling, the joy that they have. And it's like as we get older, we lose that joy. Church, we need to get that joy back. We need to be, I understand what Jesus was saying, we need to be like children and approach him. Just be joyful, church. Why are we going to be joyful? Because we're redeemed. We're restored. We're created in Christ when we give ourselves totally to him. So don't let doubt, fear, insecurities or pride rob you of your identity in Jesus and the love and the peace God wants you to have for his son. A quote from Who Am I Really? A Journey to Discover Your True Identity, Version Bible Plan. Life is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift back to him. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Let go of the past and walk in the new and greater things of God. And leave behind and forget things that hindered you before God came into your life. Church, let me reinforce that. God's forgotten what you've done. The minute you said yes to him, that was it. It's a blank sheet as far as he's concerned. So why are you holding on to things? Let it go. I'm not talking about a frozen song. I'm saying about God. Let it go. Learn from your mistakes and grow from them. Help others not to make the same mistakes. Strive for the new future and opportunities in God. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 21 to 22. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. I love that last bit. Guarantees and the first installment. Isn't that precious, Lord, uh, church? It's just the first installment. If it's this good, if this first installment is this good, my days, what's the rest going to be like? Amen? And this one, the guarantee. I don't know about you, but I'm so worried about that interest rate at the minute. No guarantees in this life. But there is one guarantee, and that's Jesus. That's the only guarantee you have. We are now defined by the great love God has for us, not by the things we have done without him or against him. We are reconciled and rescued for his glory and good good pleasure. And we have a new identity in Christ through the transforming power of God through the Holy Spirit. 
we begin to know who we truly are and why we are here in this life. We have direction and desire for the good things of God. Focus on what God has placed in you and walk in faith in what he calls you into. Satan tricked Adam and Eve out of their identity and the authority God had given them. Don't let him do the same to you or your loved ones. Fight back and know who you are in Christ. Don't place your identity in the roles you have. As when those roles change or end, you will lose your sense of identity. And I would advise seeking your identity in the one who truly knows what you were made for and what you're capable for. And that's our Lord, Saviour, Jesus Christ. Our past, current and future human experiences and choices do not define who we are. Knowing who we are in Christ through encounters with him should define us. A few examples in the, the scriptures. Look at the woman at the well. We know she had a dubious past. Jesus had a conversation with her. Jesus had to be at that point to meet her. He knew she was going to be there. And she engaged. So it could have gone two ways, that conversation. She could have said, get out of my face, Jesus. I'm getting some water. I'm going back home. But Jesus guided the conversation, engaged her, and didn't she save a village? One woman from a dubious past, and now an evangelist. Look at Paul and Peter's testimonies. Again, rocky starts, but I'm, I'm using scriptures from one of them already. Paul, great apostle Paul. A quote from Reinhard Bonnke. You are uniquely created, anointed and appointed by God for his purposes and for your time and season. We are all uniquely created by God for a specific time and for a specific purpose in his eternal and glorious plan. Church, I'd have to encourage you. Hold on is the only words I've got for you. Hold on. Sometimes you've just got to keep going. There's nothing else you can do but keep going. Because in these hard times, you're going to need to keep going and know who you are in Christ. Science has proven no one person is made the same or even lives the same experience in life. Do we all remember that, um, the only word that pops in my head is foolishness, about them cloning the sheep, Dolly the sheep, madness. I know they were saying, oh, we're going to do it for science, we're going to, people be able to grow limbs and all sorts. We know man... Starts with a good intention, but it always goes badly. There's only one perfect creation, that's the Lord, Saviour, making us. God was pleased when he made us. Nothing has topped it since. And forget about AI. AI is not the way to go. A human person will always top anything else man can create. Amen? Amen. Sorry, that's my rant. Finished. But when we trust God fully with our unique lives, he can do wonderful things for you that only you could ever do for him and his kingdom. Don't hear the lie in your head sometimes that says you're not worthy. You are through him. He makes you worthy by his grace and mercies. God has a great plan for your life when you wholeheartedly follow him. God already believes in you and what you can achieve with him. We need to believe in him and in ourselves. He will empower us to serve him to achieve this. How do you find your identity in Christ? Find out more about Jesus and God through his living word, the Bible, 
and godly learning materials like Alpha, Freedom in Christ. The church is doing lots of stuff, church. Engage, plug in. A believer can learn a lot and even more once you stay plugged in. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who God is and who you are in him. He is real. He does exist. When these people keep talking to you, how can you prove that God exists? Okay. When the wind blows, does that, you can you see the wind? But you can feel it. Many countries now are feeling the power of nature. And even though you won't acknowledge it, it's there. Now, if you're going to acknowledge the power of nature, why not acknowledge the power of creation? And that's almighty God. Stay connected to a healthy, spirit-filled church and engage in godly, life-building fellowship. We need to know God created us for a very good reason. I stress that, very good reason. Not a good reason, a very good reason. He loves us even when we don't love ourselves or others don't love us. We need to know each one of us is his most treasured child. So much so, Jesus was willing to endure and die for us at the cross. What popped into my head when we were doing worship was, I saw Jesus upon the cross. But I kept seeing people moving away from out of his body. Can, do you understand what I'm saying? He was, he was hanging on the cross. It's like I was hung up on the cross as well, but I stepped away from the cross. I stepped down, but he stayed up there. I remember the scripture saying that Jesus had to stay up on that cross for me. He was thinking of me when he was on the cross. If he felt so much of me to die upon the cross, I need to think so much more of myself in him and show what he's done for me. Last point. Why is it important to know who and what you are in Jesus? John 13 verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. It helps us greatly to know where we are going in life when we know who we are and where we have come from. Jesus has already set us this example. He knew he had come from God, which secured his identity, and was returning to God, which is his destiny. When we know who we are in Jesus, we will know where we came from and where we will ultimately end up. He guides us through the journey back to him. We will not be able to move ahead unless we are secure in who we are in him. We identify ourselves as children of God by visible outward acts such as baptism and church attendance. And he guides, but more importantly, by our day-to-day thinking, speech, conduct and actions. So let me just clarify that point just because you come here on a Sunday sit on the chair for two hours and go home doesn't make you a believer it's what you do 24-7 outside of church in your home, in your workplace walking down the road is what's going to define you as a believer because it's our actions from here, from the heart that dictate who we are Jesus enjoyed identifying himself as the son of man. We also should enjoy identifying ourselves as a child of God. For as believers, that is what we are in Jesus. 1 John 3 verse 1. See how very much our father loves us. For he calls us his children and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children. 
because they don't know him. Again, that's a nice point to stop on. They don't know him. So if you're a child of God, what does that mean? We know Jesus. Amen. I'm not trying to trip you up. They don't know him. The world doesn't know him. And it's quite clear from the way the world is going that they don't know him. But we know him. So we need to be contrary to what the world is showing. This is who you are in Christ. And this is only like highlights. A child of almighty God. That in itself should blow your mind. A child of almighty God. Then you're a saint, a holy and godly person. When you're kicking yourself sometimes, and we do, you remember, you are still a holy and godly person through him. Through him. You're part of his body, the church. And the church is getting bigger and bigger as we speak. Billions. Church. Billions. What's heaven going to be like? There's no overcrowded in heaven, church. Jesus clearly stated, I have a room waiting for you when you come back home. No overcrowding. Don't worry about that. We're going to be a multitude, it says. Blows your mind. You're his beautiful and wonderful creation made for a great purpose. If that doesn't get you up in the morning, I don't know what else will. And you're created in his image. And to add to that, this is what you are in Christ. You're redeemed. You're bought at a measurable cost to God himself. A believer in Christ, you believe in who he is, his teachings and his resurrection. You're loved beyond measure. You're reborn to live by his spirit. And you're saved and set free from sin and death. Now when I say sin and death, I mean eternal death. We're all going to physically die. But at least our souls know where it's going after we die. Through faith in Jesus, we are united with him, both in his death and in his resurrection. Our identity and our life must all come from him. We must forgo any identity which conflicts with our identity in Christ Jesus. Many of us will say, well, Colin, I know all about this. Yes, we do. Especially if we've been a believer for many years. But do we truly, in every deep part of our being, believe it at all times, in all circumstances? I'm going to answer the question for you. I don't. But in those times... I remind myself through his word who he is and who he says I am in him. We have to know who Jesus is before we can ever know who we truly are and who we were meant to be. Living for God will test our faith and you will need to hold on to these important truths about yourself in Christ. To endure when hard times come and support others when they go through their trials. I didn't plan on those prayer points this morning about what's happening in Pakistan. But they're going to have to do the same now. They're going to have to hold on to their faith. They're going to have to understand that God hasn't left them. And we as a church body are praying for them and encouraging them. Because that's what we're supposed to do. We stand as one. The enemy will pick us off one by one if we move away from the body. But together we are strong. God knows your heart. Why? Because he made it. And he knows what he's put in it. And he wants us to do with him, with your heart. 
you know what encourages me and strengthens me the most is that God knows my heart and loves me despite what goes into my heart sometimes. I'm not perfect church. I fall sometimes. I'm not going around with prostitutes or anything like that. But I'm just saying, as a man, you fall. As a woman, you fall. But the grace of God always covers us. Amen? Amen. We all have an essential part to play in God's great and awesome cosmic plan for his creation. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. We must realize that we are born for the works God has prepared for us, but we are also born to fight. Things will come our way. Things will challenge us. And we may be even fighting ourselves. But in all things, God is the one who fights for you and with you. And be encouraged, church, you will have the victory through his hands. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can go, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I don't know about you, but I know there's many galleries in this world, many museums, and they've got these what they call masterpieces, paintings, statues, all sorts. Don't you realise that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're a masterpiece? Yeah? And you don't have to, uh, you don't have to be hung somewhere in a museum or a gallery to be noted as a masterpiece. God loves you just as you are. Our God is a God of redefinition and restoration. Amen. Amen. He works beyond human understanding parameters. Again, amen. Amen. Because that's what John was preaching last week. Our will and God's will are completely different. God's will is always better. It may be harder. It may be more challenging. Mm -hmm. But believe me, church, your will will never compare to his. There is nothing you can do better than God. So why attempt to? Just trust him. He'll do the rest. Our ways are not his ways. And God can and will use all your experiences, good and bad, for his good purposes. I've already touched on that earlier with Paul and Peter. There are no surprises to God. Nothing unplanned, unexpected, or unscheduled. I'll say that again. There are no surprises to God. Nothing unplanned, unexpected, or unscheduled. Church, I'm living it right now. This Sunday service is not how I planned it. But God was in control. All things happen according to his will and timing. And at the right time, he will reveal this will and plan to those who will trust him. With all their strength, soul, might, and heart. Throughout the Bible, God has appeared to people to help them find their true selves. Shout out a few examples of some people in the Bible that God has appeared to and their life took a different trajectory. Moses? Moses. Did he have an easy life? No. No. Another one. Gideon. Did he have an easy life? No. Another one. Abraham. Oof. Did he have an easy life? No. When you start rattling off the names of the people in the Bible, even Jesus himself, did he have an easy life? No. No. So why, church, do we think we should? 
I, that was, I haven't even got that bit in my notes. But I'm talking to myself here. I'm talking to myself. Because at the end of the day, God has called me for a reason. For a purpose. And through my trials and tribulations, he's squeezing out the gross and putting in something a lot better. Keep allowing him to keep squeezing that gross out of you. Dross, I should say. And filling you with so much... It's like beautiful nectar sometimes when God fills you with something. It's like there's nothing like it. Just let him do it. Don't believe the lies said about you by yourself. That's what we've been stressing on. Don't believe the lies that you keep talking about in your head all the time. Others, the enemy and the world. I advise you to believe only what God says about himself and you. He has forgiven you. He has made you a new creation. He will always be with you. You are precious in his eyes. And you're very beautiful to him. You are his child. And you are strong in him. You are at peace in him. And you're a servant of God and a member of his eternal kingdom. Do you need his restoring or refreshing power in your life? I say all the time. You have to say all the time. We need it daily. Come to him and receive his great and redeeming love, grace and mercies. And let him redefine who you can be in him. So to conclude this message. Know who you are in God. You are a child of God, reborn in his image and love beyond comprehension. And why are you here for him? To be a faithful vessel. Proclaiming the goodness and gospel of Jesus Christ. Where you are for him. We are in this world but not of this world. Just like Jesus was. Know where you've come from but more importantly where you're going. Both in the physical and the eternal. And what you are to him. You're precious. So precious that Jesus gave his life for you. You are anointed and been blessed to be a blessing for his kingdom. We need to try our best with what God has given us for his glory. Follow his lead and do what he's called you to do. The rest is in his hands. God created you uniquely and specifically for his prepared purposes, for the plans he alone has for you. And he wants you to discover who you can become in him. The last scripture for today. Psalm 139 verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Isn't that encouraging, church? That even before my mum and dad met, their mums and dads met, my generations met, God had written down my name in his book and all the things that I would do. If I as a parent could do that, I would be so happy. But I can't do that. I'm not God. But God has done that for you. Trust him. And walk in who he's calling you to be. He has a plan for you church. Trust him. We all have a story to tell. But it's up to us how much of that story will include Jesus. Can you hear me church? It's up to you how much of Jesus will be in your story. Believe me he desires to be a big part or even a bigger part of your story. If you would let him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. 
Glorious Almighty God, I do thank you that every day you reconfirm to all of us who we are in you. We are overwhelmed, Lord Jesus, sometimes by the grace that God has shown to us. We are overwhelmed by the love that is like waves and it comes and crashes through us. Continually changing us, Lord. Renewing our minds, renewing our hearts. Setting us apart for something bigger and better than we ever could have done in our own strength or might. But by God's grace, he shows us that we are his children. And that's the core. That the Lord adopted us when we were so far from him. And he came to where we were. And he was watching. He was watching us until that time when he would come into our lives. Just like the woman at the well. Jesus had to wait until that point in time where he could meet with her. And change her heart and her life. And then she would change so many other people's lives. So Lord, we pray for your encouragement. To stand in who we are in you. To reaffirm who we are. To know who we are. To be empowered into who we are meant to be in you. We do nothing of our own strength. But we call to God. Humble our hearts. And pray for more of him. To dwell, indwell us. Lord let us overflow with your Holy Spirit. Let us overflow with your joy. Let us overflow with your love. Why? Not to contain it in this vessel. But to share it with the world. That the light of Jesus was shine so brightly in this darkening world that people will sit up and say, Jesus is alive. Jesus wants to know me. And Jesus already loves me. Confirm in your hearts, church. Confirm now in your hearts, Jesus loves you. He always loves you. He will always love you. He's an eternal God. He will never stop loving you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you behind. He is not a God who, uh, even in his wrath, he's merciful. Even in his correction, he's merciful. So let go and let God do what he needs to do. In Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.